Cash Color Campus podcast sponsored by the Georgia Hemp Company. The Georgia Hemp Company, dedicated to providing you with access to the highest quality hemp products and a place to learn more about hemp's potential benefits and uses. Head to thegeorgiahempcompany.com to learn more. Bless, I see you all the time up and down my timeline on Instagram. I've seen you at the state capitol. I haven't had a chance to actually have you on the show until right now, it. man. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Man. No doubt. I appreciate it for having you, man. Um, well, our first question we ask guests, especially guests who haven't been here before, is to kind of sum yourself up. Like, So who is Life Griffith in a nutshell? Well, I'm a many things. Some call me a renaissance man, but I'm a 19-year combat veteran. Okay. I was a combat medic. Um, originally from New York City, from parents from Belize, Central America. Mm. I uh, did a lot of time in the VA as an executive working with veterans. And then, um, you know, I did a lot of time in the music business back in New York and L.A., here in Atlanta. And um, now I'm just resurfacing, you know what I mean? Word. Doing my thing. Word. Well, you are doing your thing, man. Um, you know, I do know a little bit of your background. I do know that you were in the Army. You, yeah. you, you are a veteran. Yeah. Um, the Army is always a choice for brothers and sisters in the inner city. Like, it's always Indeed. an option put out to us that this is Indeed. what you can do if you don't do anything else. Right. Um, what made you decide to join the Army? Well, there were, there were three factors. I didn't grow up with a father figure, so the Sony uh, streets of New York we call Sony University yeah. is where I was raised. I was raised as a five percenter, um, and in the nation, a lot of father was we was taught that he went to the military. And so I followed that, and I went right into the military. Word, so, really? So five percenters brought you into yeah. really? I'm still a five percenter now. I still teach now. Yeah. I'm old, you know, when I go home to New York, I go to a law school. So I still teach. I teach wherever I go as far as the yeah. knowledge and self is concerned. Yeah. yeah. By the time you got to the Army, was was the 5% nation in, in that mentality prevalent in the, in the, in oh, the military? Oh, yeah. In the 80s, when I got knowledge in 81 um, in Queens, uh, respectfully, the 80s was the, the most bullish time because that was the crack era. Yes. Supreme team for those who understand. You know what I mean? The whole, you know, uh, Ronnie Bump and Shorty Black. And I won't go into no more names because that's quiet. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But uh, these are the people we looked up to. So at that time, uh, you know, the 5% was definitely relevant the way they're relevant right now. Mm. We're still relevant. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's you know, again, growing up, you know what I'm saying? Like you hear about the five percenters all the time. Yeah. Like you was able to bump into a lot of brothers yeah. who was able to shed you some yeah. knowledge on self. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. For the most part, man. So um Definitely. but you were in the army, you were in the military. Yeah. Speak us about your time in the army. Like what Um, you know, the army is a different world, it deals with a mentality of racism just like any other organization. Yeah. We we call that the official government gang, some people call it that. Um but my time <laughs> was, you know, a rough time, you know, the eighties was rough, it's when we could still do hand-to-hand combat with the drill sergeant. You've seen Full Metal Jacket, right? Yeah, yeah. So at that time, it was Full Metal Jacket. The, the, the drill sergeant could still put hands on you, but I came from that, so it, it that, was... That you felt that already. I was already involved in that already, so yeah. it didn't really bother me none. But um, yeah, the 80s was a real rough time. The Army is what it is, man. It's what you make it. I was able to grow and become a sergeant first class, um, a French commando, which is kind of the special forces for the French. Mm. I was about to become a Green Beret, but I blew out this left, left knee and an obstacle course called the Nasty Nick in North Carolina. So that kind of ended my career at that point. So you was close to becoming like a um, um, a career. Yeah, I, I, I did 19. I did eight years active, uh, another 11 years reserve back in New York and pretty much all over the country. Yeah. Um, and then um, in 2000, I was working at Universal Records, um, working with Erica Badu as an executive there under Kadar Massenberg's leadership. And... Um, Things happened, and in the next following year, the military called me back, and 2001 happened, 9-11. Oh, 9-11. Yeah. Oh, they can't yank you back, can't they? Yeah, well, for me, because of my specialty, I was able to get called back. Remember, Mm -hmm. I was a combat medic, worked as a military police, and I worked in JAG. So I had three different types of jobs 
which made me more valuable. Yeah. Yeah. Know, so, yeah. Sorry for that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not to say it like that, yeah. but yeah, sorry yeah. for that, man. Yeah. Because my thing was always like, you know, again, we, we've always heard that that's an option in the hood to grow up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. If you don't do anything else, you know, you can go to the military. They'll pay for you this. They'll pay for yeah. you that. Yeah. But, but I've never looked at it as something like, you know what I mean? Like, it was positive for brothers. Like, even the way you was describing it and not to knock it, yeah. it almost sounded like, like jail. You know what I'm saying? Like, like a lot of stuff it, keeps sounding like some jail uh, preparation. Yeah, well, what it is is you're guilty before proven innocent. And then, and again, there's certain guidelines called the Uniform Code of Military Justice yeah. that we deal with. So it deals with rank structure and out of respect. When you're dealing with color barriers, the rank plays a very critical part, but the race or alleged the color of a man's skin does the same thing too. So nothing's really changed. Yeah. They just polish it up with a little bit more metals, a little bit more uniformity. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. That's really, really it. That's what it is, man. But what, what did you, but during your time in the Army, yeah. is that when you came across cannabis? Or did well, you come across cannabis well, prior to that? I came out of the military in 89, and I went right and I started working with Rush Artist Management under Russell and Leo Cohen's leadership okay. at the time. My man Chris Lydio praises do Pray, with yeah, many yeah. Um And then um, what pretty much happened was is that I, as I started going into the, the music game more, I started doing things there, it made me look at myself differently, you know what I mean, as far as an executive and what you're supposed to do with these artists. So for me, in terms of the Army and in terms of what made me do that, again, I was caught back in. Mm. Um, and, you know, for me, it was mission first. Yeah. And so I had to... Stay in zone with that, you know? Yeah, that's crazy, man. So, but how did you come through? Well, where, where did cannabis come into your life? Cannab- cannabis yeah. came in my life as a young brother back in Medina. We call that Brooklyn, Brownsville. That's why I learned that you shoot my hand. My hand game got real tight out there. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I got involved in it from there, from the peer pressure, like most of us. You know, yeah. yo, man, hold on to that. Taste that. See what it tastes like. So I got there. And then um, I wasn't a real avid smoker nor a drinker. But I like to fight. I like to do that type of thing. Um, and for me, I just started seeing brothers get involved. Now, when I went in and got out in 89, I started working in the music game. Of course, music and cannabis or hemp is synonymous. Yes. The plant is a people's person plant. And music is a people's person business. So when you combine the two, you have a beautiful experience. Yeah. So I started going through that. Um, when I went back in the military and I went to Afghanistan... Is when I begin to look at death up close and personal because I would take the, what we call the bodies and bag them, rag them, and tag them. And that was the last vision you see, like me talking to you right now, then the next thing I'm putting you in a refrigerator. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> so what that does to the psychology of a person's mind is that is that where I'm going? Is that how they're going to treat me? You know what I mean? So it's a, yeah. it plays a very critical part. And um, when I got out in 2004 after the war, I got hurt in Afghanistan, and then I went to the VA to work in um, what we call uh, illegal admin specialist, working with veterans' claims. Okay. To oh. ensure that when they came home, they would be taken care of. Oh, you learned some stuff then. Yeah, so I did a lot of, <laughs> I did a lot of work, helped a ton of veterans, yeah. and that's one of the reasons why I'm here in Georgia. I want to do the same thing here. Okay. Now, yeah. you're speaking about helping veterans. Now, um, thanks to my man Stanley, I've, I've had a yeah, chance Stanley to Atkins, yeah. speak the to a lot. Yes, yeah. sir. I spoke to a lot of people who have to deal with um, – the VA. Yeah. And I, I don't hear a lot of good um, reviews for the most part. And that, you probably won't hear any good reviews. Yeah, there's a lot of red tape. There's a lot of um, pushing pills. There's a lot of things like that. Um, speak to us about the VA and, and what would somebody like myself not be able to understand about well, the process? Well, first of all, the VA is a very old system. Yeah. Um, it hasn't truly been updated. And you have individuals that are working there that are not veteran-centric in the sense of understanding what a veteran plight is. Now, as a disabled veteran... I would want to listen closely to the persons who claim they want to thank me for my service. 
Right? Yeah. Which, to me, it pisses me off every time somebody do that because, first of all, you don't even know me. Yeah. You don't know what my service is. And I know that's just something that people are doing just because that's what you're supposed to do. It sounds patriotic. Yeah. 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 You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And most of them ain't really patriotic. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, no offense to anyone who says it, but at the same time, the VA is an old system with old rules, with old codes. Yeah. And you got old people who have not transitioned out. You can't really get fired via the VA unless you do something crazy. You know what I mean? Like shooting people up, and you, you're shooting heroin, you, you're selling pills, whatever you do. So the VA has an old way of thinking. And for me, it's always been a very serious matter when you're dealing with incumbents or subordinates who don't understand the reality of leadership and what that looks like from the federal level. Yeah. And uh, more importantly, what does that look like from a subordinate level, trying to rise up in the ranks and get the respect you need as a, uh, an employee? So the VA is very hard. It has some strict guidelines. But everything's under the law, mm-hmm. and that's the critical piece to service-connected uh, claims and anything dealing with the VA. Yeah. You have, they're in the confines of the law. So if you understand that, you shouldn't have no problems. Yeah. Do you feel like the VA actually respects veterans? Well, let me, let me, let me say something to that regard regarding veterans. There's two definitions of veterans most okay. people don't understand. Okay. There's the veteran, the Caucasian veteran that you see on commercials every day. Okay. And then there's the minority veterans, the ones that you don't see. And half the time, you never see them in any coming home commercials. Yeah. And you don't really see our story yeah. as if we don't exist. I'm talking about the black, the brown, the yellow, and red. Yeah. So now, if I got two different systems for the one veteran, who would I now lean to for political purposes? Yeah, of course. I had to lean to the far left. Of course. Even though we know the black, brown, yellow, and red is the far right. Yeah. Which is really, really, really one of that. So it is, um, it is a... Um, a test of uh, a man or a woman's temperament in dealing with the VA. This is why a lot of veterans just say, screw it, and they go, unfortunately, some of them kill themselves. Or what I see, you know, um, you often see a lot, and I feel like we, we walk past a lot of, like you say, the veterans from our side yeah. on the streets. Yeah. Yeah, you walk downtown, I feel like I come across a lot of veterans. You know yeah. what I'm saying? A lot of people who, like, like when you say about um, thank you for your service, who yeah. don't get thank you for your service. Yeah. But you could tell just by how the mentality, how they're speaking, that you went through something. Yeah, and see, yeah. a lot of, there's a, mis, there's a mis, mis, misconception about something. I want to bring it up while sure. we've got time. PTSD is not a military thing. Hmm. PTSD is an actual thing that's going on in our streets right now. Oh, Look yes. what happened in L.A. with my man Nipsey, right? Yeah. That's post-traumatic stress five times over, especially for the ones who witnessed it. Yeah, man. You know what I mean? Now, we got a lot of the recruiters who will go into our neighborhoods or hoods or our communities because you have people who have no fathers, been, you know, damaged military, I mean, not military, sexually traumatized by a parent or friend. And now they're coming in the military. Mm-hmm. So they come into the military already mentally. And then when the military hit them, when they get that yell or get that type of lifestyle, they go into panic. Well, now, if they go into war, yeah. if they go on and they're deploying, their whole mind frame has changed. Because mm-hmm. now they don't know what to expect. Yeah. And anybody out here who claims they are not scared of war, they're lying. Everybody got a phobia of what's going to happen. You just can't harbor on it. So you can come home. I think you hit something on the head when you mentioned that PTSD isn't necessarily um, something that's, that's confined to the military. No, it's not. I've spoken often. I thought, like, I look at Chief Keith sometimes, like yeah. rapper Chief Keith. Yeah. Chief Keith and his whole circle to me are people who are suffering PTSD, well, and you don't and you don't catch it. Like you say, you on the streets catching bodies. I could even speak to my man about being in the Burke. The first time I saw somebody get stabbed was in high school, mm-hmm. and my sister speaks about it. How the way you speak about it so vividly means it's stuck in your head. I'm 40 years old. 
So it's still stuck in my head. Trauma. I still remember the knife going in Buddy in Buddy's stomach. I remember the pool of blood on the on the wall see? on the floor, and I remember the security guard telling us to walk around it. Now you see, now, you know what I'm saying? So, That's so real. low sensitivity for life. You seeing a man get injured? You can't really help him. No, excuse me. And how old are you now? I'm 40 now. And when did that happen? That happened when I was in high school. You talking about yeah, in so 90s talking about again? What, 19, 18, 17? Yeah, when we talking about I was at the time 15. Okay, yeah. so 15, so yeah. almost 35 years ago. Yeah, exactly. That's still in your head like it happened yesterday. Yes. So now, just imagine you going to military, uh-huh. and you're dealing with, say, you might have to kill a young person. That stays in your head. That could have been your kid. You might have yeah. to kill a woman. Yeah. You might have to kill another dude or, yes. or whatever. You might, and sometimes you get friendly fire. I might, I might end up killing my own partners out there. Yeah. Depending on what's going on. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's a lot um, with the military. And there's a lot that we have to educate the people on, which is what I do through Veterans Health Solutions. Duh, and, yeah. and I appreciate that, man. So let's get into Veterans, Veteran Health Solutions. Yes, um, VHS. How did VHS come about? <laughs> and what part did Afghanistan play in that? Um, Afghanistan played a very important part. I was over in the military as a... As mm-hmm. a uh, uh, Army contracting okay. for medical and logistics and all that. Yeah. And um, right outside my gate called Clamp, uh, Camp Black Horse, we had Afghanistanian killing, like actually shooting down our own soldiers right in front of us. So in my mind as a medic, we have a saying as medics, conserve the fighting strength. And I said, now, if I'm able to get home, not dealing with no mystery guard, yeah. but if I get home, what am I going to do to help my fellow veteran, especially those who still considered three-fifths of people? You understand? Yeah. So for me, right at that moment, I started mapping out and coming up with Veterans Health Solutions. Now, I didn't want it to sound like any other, you know, veterans group. I wanted to say Veterans Health Solution. As a medic, mm-hmm. I wanted to find out what was my solution to those who may have gone through what I went through. Yeah. And the acronym First to Care I'm the first black man to do it. <laughs> Salute, man. Salute. Thank you. With Veteran Health Solutions, I know you do focus on making sure that veterans um, are well aware of what's going on when yes. it comes to hemp, CBD, cannabis, and how that can yes. help with yes. some of the physical ailments that you go through sure. and the mental ones. Yes. Um, speak to us about that education process and making sure that, that veterans do understand that process. That, yeah, well, all those. Well, well, in terms of, of the workshops that we do, we just finished doing one in the city of Clarkson because it was the first county and city here. To yeah, to decriminalize. Right, so yeah. I decided to go there first and do it. Um, one of the biggest things that we concern ourselves with is making sure that the data that's received is right at the moment mm-hmm. because things are changing every five seconds in this new space called hemp. Yeah. Now, when I educate, I use the acronym Helping Educate Misinformed People. Okay. And that's one of the ways that I, I, I reach the veteran community. And I go into the history of hemp. I go into the prohibition, the reality of hemp in terms of what happened. I go into the reef of madness and the mm-hmm. whole nine yards. And then, I, depending on where I'm at, I'll go into the jurisdiction and the laws that governs that particular sector. And then I also go into the VA policies that governs why a lot of veterans think that if they take cannabis, they're going to lose their benefits. That's a false. That's a false. It's a farce. It's a lie. But uh, edu- uh, veterans are not educated. And so my job is to go on the front line, make sure they understand that what I'm sharing with them is actual facts, and then we put what we got to put in motion so they can get the help they need. Yeah. Do you have any blo- – is, is there a whole lot of um, fight back when it comes to you trying to speak this to, to, to veterans? No. Because no, no, really. No, because okay. when I was working at the VA, yes, you had certain things you couldn't say. Mm. I don't work for them anymore. I work for me now, mm. and I work for my fellow veteran, male or female. 
And so now I could tell them the absolute truth, given the research to prove that it's real, and then we make a plan as we always do. I'll tell any veteran out there, when you take off that uniform, you're on your own, but you're not by yourself. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And we're here now. And there ain't no game. We ain't playing no games. We're mission-oriented. We say we have a motto called DEMO, okay. duty, mission, and objective. And nothing can stop that but death. Dang. So um, as far as working, working with veterans, like how can a veteran or how can somebody who would want this assistance um, be able to contact you or find y'all? Well, right now, I'm new to Georgia. Okay. I'm learning the game of Georgia. You Georgians got a lot of things. Oh, on I'm you. a Bostonian technically, right, well, man. Like, I, I, don't, I don't know how Georgia, to, how to claim Georgia. Georgia's a different man. beach. I mean, <laughs> yes, it is. The mindset, yes, the, it is. The, the, the people, no disrespect to nobody, but it's different for me coming into a southern area mm-hmm. when they have a lot of serious history here. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, the way a lot of people find me, sometimes is online, sometimes it's who I know. I did a lot of work in L.A., did a lot of work back home in New York, so I'm known from that. Yeah. They can go to my website, VeteransHealthSolutions.org. They can go to my Instagram, VeteransHealthSolution. I also, because I was in music, I, I put together a little management company. A lot of my friends in the game of music like life, we need people with leadership skills to come on back. So... I started uh, Hemp, high-end music partners. Okay. <laughs> um, and um, it's a management company, and uh, we do some special events. We got some things coming up for Georgia. Okay. And uh, we'd love to include you guys and, and get you guys involved in all that stuff that we're doing. Oh, that's nothing, man. You know what I'm saying? Uh, what, are there any plans of growing out um, VHS? Like, I know you, yeah. you're new to here. We're going to see it pop up in other states where clearly veterans are, are present. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, there's a lot of organizations already veteran-centric. Okay. We have veterans for cannabis here. You have veterans in me. You have the Canon Medic, who's a veteran. Yes. I believe you have Coach Harris, who has a lot of connects to the vets in terms of what he does. You got the, uh, the Hemp House Atlanta. You got a lot of people doing things here. So my whole thing is to collaborate and cooperate, stay quiet, do what you're supposed to do, and handle your BI. You know what I mean? Just take care of the business and hopefully get with the right-minded people that we can move and function as a power. A lot of people think power is money. No, it's organized effort. Definitely. You know what I'm saying? Definitely. There's power in numbers, and that's not a lie. You know what right, I'm saying? Like, right. you have all the money in the world, but if we have all the people, then we, we, right. we just You got really a ton happen. of people. You yeah. have, you know, Miss Harris, Coach Harris. You got Canamanic. You got, you know, Bridget Graham, who's getting ready to do the biggest yes, yeah. out here. You know what I mean? Not that none has never been done before, yeah. but she got a lot of things going on. And so we're all trying to collaborate and cooperate with the right-minded people that can make this thing happen. Because right now, as you know, there's a monopoly going on. Yeah. And the dice that we're rolling, it ain't in our favor to a degree. Yeah. The pieces that we're playing is kind of a bug out because it's not our pieces to play. It's their piece. And now we got to fit in somehow and we still got to come together. And it seems like we have post-traumatic slave disorder here. Bro, let me tell you something, Where there's man. a, lot of, a <laughs> lot of friction between those who's not, not supposed to show that. Look, you know I've been, I mean? I, so maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you can no, guide me. You, 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 you right? Because I had told somebody, um, and this is actually after I saw after Nipsey passed, right? And okay. I'm watching some of the stuff I'm seeing put on on Instagram. I'm watching yeah. some of this, the memes being shared. Yeah. And my biggest issue was um, one: I don't think people really put a lot of stock into where they get memes from. And I'm like, mm. between the Russia collusion case and even watching Fire Festival on, on Netflix, <laughs> you should fully understand that the memes you are reposting are not organic. They right. are made by a company. Right. So when I'm looking at some of these memes I was seeing posted by Nipsey Hussle and seeing some of these brothers and sisters yeah. who, you know, allegedly are, are lifted, they have a lifted mental. Yeah, I'm, I'm reading these shits and I'm <laughs> like, yo, this is the Willie Lynch letter. Like, this is fresh off the pages of the Willie Lynch letter I'm watching y'all repost. Like, are you telling me that I shouldn't speak up because I'm going to get killed? Are you telling me that we are now fearful of walk, walking outside? That is Willie Lynch. 
That is nothing deep, nothing woke about that. That is the Willie Lynch letter. And that's not even real. The Willie Lynch letter ain't even real. You know what I'm saying? Like, it may ever, not be real in the sense of... It just, yeah, exactly. It has a lot of truth to it. Exactly. Exactly. Right. And I was watching people online manifest something you don't want to manifest. I'm like, do not speak up to people who are watching you and say, don't speak out. Because then yeah. it makes a lot more sense why I see people online not come outside. See, you know what I'm saying? Thing, like, y'all scared of getting like shot. Three to five sometimes we say, truth out of season bears no fruit. Mm. You know what I mean? So you got to be not mindful. You got to be careful. Matter of fact, remember, everybody who speaks the truth, there's always an agent that look like me and you that's giving a message. Look at everybody who got killed so far. Look, there's always somebody on the inside. Look at Black Klansman. Okay. <laughs> look at Black Klansman. So so as popular re- as he was for doing so, that, he so, was. So now in this day and time, and I'll be on some real military recon for real. Yeah. We got to make sure we know who's who now. Yeah. You know what I mean? We don't know who's who. They come in looking like us, sounding like us, but they not us. Mm. They clones. Mm. You saw the movie Us, right? Yeah, man. Oh no, actually, I haven't seen Us yet, but I can get the. You I saw get, get the Out, though. Yeah, I got. I saw All Get right, Out. Now and I, I want can... you to look at those two titles. Yeah, Get Out U.S. <laughs> Message, <laughs> right? <laughs> Message. Yeah, it's real. I mean, I tell all the audience right now. Anytime I do these uh, interviews, pay attention not to the TV screen. The TV screen is outside that window. Yeah. Genetically modified, what? Drinking. Chemtrails. It's crazy right now. And brothers are still out there doing dumbness, spending hundreds of thousands of dollars in a strip club when you could have went and owned, put some land, built some stuff, made some money on that level, Bruh. and also took care of those who couldn't take care of themselves. Don't get me back to Nipsey, because I'm like, again, if somebody's going to take something away from what Nip did, take away that. Like, that's why I was so blown that Future even compared himself to him. Like, bro, I'm watching, I'm watching y'all go throw millions of dollars in a strip club. I ain't seen you purchase nothing in Vine City. At least two chains will be closer. Two chains will be closest to Nipsey. Like, you walk down Peter Street right now, that's two chains, that's two they, chains block. Here's another question for him. When yeah. did they do a food job for the babies? When? Uh, yo, it, it, you know what else he reminded me? Shout out to my man Akil from J5. J5, he yeah, put this man. in my mind. He said, I, one thing that Nip, Nipsey's death is, is going to remind us for here on out is that we've been gypped by people walking into our neighborhoods on Thanksgiving giving away turkeys and, and acting like that is the end all, be all. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, we've been gypped exactly. by that. People believe that, yo, I done gave turkeys. I'm great. Bro, what did you do the rest of this year? And why is it again you standing in front of a load of, 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 of abandoned buildings with a Gucci belt on? Right. This, this you know what I'm saying? Like, why are we show doing is, this? This show is live for a higher level of conversation. High right? level of conversation. Right. You already know so, we do. So before we segue me out, let's get high with it then. All right. right? First, the young and the wise, or the young and the old, got to come together. Yes. The young got a lot to offer. We were young once. You know what I mean? We not, you know what I mean? can't stay young. But I was always taught, be around the young. Yeah. They have a lot to offer if you have a lot to give. Yes. You know what I'm saying? So I was taught, like, you know, when I got my master's degree, come back to the community and teach what you learned. Yeah. That's what we do. You know what I mean? So it's important now that we come together for a common cause. Our veterans need y'all out there for real. You know, women are coming home uh, sexually traumatized. Kids, no father figure. The father was a veteran. He might have killed himself. It's real things going on with us veterans. You tell us thank you for your service. Don't do it just because you think that's what you're supposed to do. Shake his hand. Give her a hug. Get her a little coffee, a little little soup. That's how you thank us. Because a lot of them is homeless. They can't find food. They can't find a home. So all these things that we're doing, we got to change the narrative and focus on what's really important now, service. Fact. 
service. Factual, you know man. man. Life, so, I appreciate you coming. Appreciate boss, you. Man. Oh, can I make one announcement? Oh, sure, no problem. Man. Um, Friday night, you know what I mean. The I Lounge, you know what I mean. That dice thing is getting ready to go down. Yes. For those who play that game, um, a lot is getting ready to go down. Um, in New York with me, I'll be back in New York on Saturday. They're honoring me for four two one for all. Okay. Social equity justice thing. Go check out the website veteranshealthsolutions.org. Check out Hemp High and Music Partners. It's still me, but we're doing some other things, merchandise and all that. And I want to thank you guys for having me here. I appreciate the time, and I hope that we can all come together here in Georgia and make a real difference. Life, I appreciate you coming through here tonight, thank man. You. Yeah, thank you for the love. And that's Cash Color Canvas, a high-level of conversation sponsored by Georgia Hemp Company. Hey, Life, we got to-